Welcome back to Thinking About It. Uh, today, I'm here with Dr. Dave Barker and a new intern at our church here at Grandview, Kevin Dean. And uh, Kevin is part of this conversation because today we're going to be talking about the creative arts. Um, how concerned should we be as church leaders to incorporate the arts in the way we communicate, in the design of our buildings, in the way we organize a worship service? It's more than just music, but... Um, is creative dance something? Is drama something? Uh, do we uh, use a, a video clips? And there's all sorts of uh, creative ideas that are floating around. And, you know, how good is that? How dangerous is that? Is there a biblical foundation? Um, I'm just going to start by reading a little bit from Psalm 96, where I'm encouraged to think that God is beautiful and someone needs to say that. So, It says, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. Uh, Verse five, but the Lord made the heavens, splendor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Verse nine, worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness, tremble before him all the earth. So you, you, when I read that, my mind just kind of opens up to some of the, the expanse in the heavens that, that declare the glory of God. And as a church leader, what do I do with that? How does that work its way into how people worship God on a Sunday morning, for instance? What are your thoughts? Well, I think uh, it's essential. It's important. Um, you and I are expository preachers, and we're committed to expository preaching, leading, leading out the meaning of the text and making application. And that is an art form, by the way. We kind of learned how to preach that way. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. Uh, Jesus, in particular, uh, was not an expository preacher or teacher. He was a storyteller. And so he was able to communicate truth through parable, which is a very unique artistic form. But he also used other art forms. He used metaphor, uh, I am the door, I am a good shepherd, simile, you know, like or as. He, used even, he, he even used hyperbole, mm-hmm. right? If your right hand offends you, cut it mm-hmm. off. Your right eye, uh, Pretty hate, graphic. And hate your father and your mother if you can't follow me, if you don't. Mm-hmm. Those are all hyperboles. Those are all figures of speech. Those are art forms. And so I, I think that we need to recognize that it is a crucial part of how we communicate biblical truth. And bring people into engagement uh, with God in not just the cerebral or intellectual, but the whole person. So, Kevin, you were uh, involved for a little while in the dramatic arts and uh, were teaching in First Nations um, how to do this in, in high schools. But you also were using that art form to communicate the gospel. Is that, is that true? Yeah, we would perform essentially the life of Jesus or, um, depending on the context, different Bible stories, um, try to teach the gospel. And uh, I found we had the best response among audiences where literacy rates were really low um, or where they were maybe just really fed up with um, learning in a specific way. People who either really struggled in school um, for, for a variety of reasons or, or sometimes people who had heard stories verbally um, mm-hmm. many times, but to be able to present it in a different way um, was really helpful. And, uh, and this kind of, you know, 
is on the back of what Dr. Barker was saying, that we're, we're more than just cognitive beings. We need to see and experience things mm-hmm. in more than just the cognitive way. So presenting it in a different way is just another opportunity for people to learn. I think, I think people get that when it comes to music. But uh, I remember the days not too long ago when we have little skits in church. Very popular, Willow Creek. Just a whole body of literature emerged about that. Skit guys and so on. I don't see it anymore. It's almost like we're embarrassed that we even did that. And I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know what to think about that. What's, isn't that an art form? Wasn't that effective? What, did it go off the rails somehow? What's interesting, you here at Grandview used to do the, do you still do your Christmas drama? Or the Easter, or the Easter drama? N- no, we don't. Well, that was huge. Yeah. I, I came numerous times to watch that. And, you know, the skit thing... You know, so I, sometimes it was well done. Other times it wasn't so well done, and it became almost uh, maybe something that wasn't supposed to be humorous became a bit of yeah. humorous, and Silly. so it, it just didn't. It, some of it, some often it went really well, but sometimes it didn't. But I remember those those Easter dramas you guys used to put on, and they were spectacular. They were phenomenal. Yeah, um, and you packed the church. They packed the church here. Uh, multiple times. Multiple times to hear the gospel message. Yeah. Now, there was a lot of people coming from other churches, but it was an opportunity to say to a neighbor, hey, they're putting on this drama. So I, I, I kind of wish you would get back to that or, or that kind of thing. I think that was a valued part of communicating the gospel in our community. What about dramatic monologues? I do that every once in a while. I'm a little more reluctant to do it now for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm older, supposed to be more dignified. But um, what are your thoughts about dramatic monologues, even uh, in dress? Well, they got to be done well, right? And they got to be done with uh, with uh, a sense of gravitas. Uh, and if it's done well with a sense of gravitas, I think it'd be I think it'd be very helpful. I think the key is that you always have to present truth and I think one of the things with monologues and with skits that often happens is people like to embellish and add and add to the story so um, one rule we always had when doing drama is if you're going to have any sort of Christ figure um, that they speak nothing but scripture because uh, you see that a lot in plays and skits where people want to add and embellish the story and um, it's not necessarily a problem but it can become a problem really quickly so that's the that's the one thing I would warn about when you're when you're presenting a Bible character is, you know, rather than trying to add in backstory that the Bible doesn't necessarily need, just mm-hmm. give us what God gave us. You know, the word the word was was living and active enough on its own. You say that if it's done well, I mean, we'd say that for any art, right? Singing, it, it all has to be done at least to the best of your ability. So we're not going to throw out drama. Because once in a while, it's awful, right? You just keep working at it so that, or, or don't do it until it's um, acceptable. I, I, the other thing, I, we, people learn in different ways. And I often hear my students talk about, you know, I'm a visual learner and we tend to do a lot of lecturing yeah. and that kind of stuff. And, and so there is some pushback occasionally from some of my students that they need to see some more visuals and that kind of stuff. And, and I have to confess, I'm not all that good at that. Um, but I... I um, I have a, I have a painting, a, re, a print of a painting that, uh, Dave Thompson, uh, our, one of our music guys at the, at the, at the school, 
at, the, at Heritage, and he's, he works with Brad at Nexus. Um, he did this spectacular painting of, it's kind of an abstract of the empty tomb. And I've got it hung in my, in my office at, at home. And the way he did it, it's vivid colors, uh, mm-hmm. but in, in the empty tomb, it's a brilliant yellow. Mm-hmm. And every time I walk into the room and see that picture, and mm-hmm. I see it every time I walk in the room because it's right in front of me, I'm reminded visually mm-hmm. and, of course, and intellectually, mm-hmm. the fact that the resurrection is, is the blessed hope of uh, the Christ's return and the resurrection is the blessed hope of the church. And so here is this visual reminder driving truth into my head right. every day. A verse and a plaque and the wall wouldn't quite do that. Well, some of them are okay, but uh, they can be a little tacky. But, yeah. but this is the way he did it, is, and it's, it's just mm-hmm. done well by a gifted artist. Mm-hmm. And so there's a visual way of communicating mm-hmm. truth. It doesn't have to always be oral or, mm-hmm. or you know, an expository message or something like that. Or, uh, or words. Or words, right. But then the other, time, the other side is the Bible is full of art. I mean, even the literature of the Bible. We've got poetry. We've got storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got apocalyptic with all kinds mm-hmm. of artistic, imaginative, like w- weird-looking beasts and different mm-hmm. colors mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. So the Bible is full of this stuff. And for us to think that... This supposed to be marginalized in the life of the church, I think, is a mistake. Well, sometimes it becomes a, an undue focus, right? We're focusing on the art form because we're sinners, right? And sometimes we get carried away by what we don't like about the tone or the music or, or something. And so a lot of us say, well, to heck with all that. Let's just not have anything. We won't even sing, won't have an organ, nothing. We'll just preach, maybe pray or something. And that's, that's been the case in some traditions where they've taken that route uh, I remember as a little boy, I had a picture in my room of Jesus in a storm on a boat. And in front of Jesus, there was, the boy was there. He was behind him, guiding him. And there was a lot of um, truth in that. I really resonate with the storm, and I'm a boy, and he's guiding me. It's going to be okay. And um, so I'm, I'm convinced that in addition to proclaiming expository truth, propositional truth, uh, it's supplemented with this kind of art where it, it not only affects our mind, but our, our emotions are stirred by the visual arts. I think as image bearers of God, we are, we are aesthetic beings. We enjoy beauty and the expressions of beauty. Um, we've all been in cathedrals. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we have, mm-hmm. you know, here, in, here at Grandview, the, your, your sanctuary is attractive, Okay, and there's been some architectural thought go into this room and mm-hmm. the, the building. Um, and that's fine. It's good. And you've got some artistic things around, which, which enhances, I think. Uh, but we've all been in those cathedrals with the stained glass windows mm. and, mm-hmm. and, the, and, the, and the arches and, and just that overwhelming sense of sacred space mm-hmm. that just, uh, I don't know, for me, it just lifts me up into the heaven, heavenlies and th- pushes me in the direction of the glory of God. Um, and I think that's all part of who we are as image bearers of God. And I think God enjoys that. So in the gathering God's people in the formal worship, what would you say, we just got a few minutes, 
uh, about including uh, dance as a form of worship. Is that, is, I, we did that years ago in one of my churches. It was a Celtic dance. We had someone dance, beautiful dance, while we were singing. I thought it was great. It was great. Because it was new, it got some flack, you know, what's that girl, too much leg or something like that. And <laughs> so we didn't do it again, but what, what about dance? It's it's a biblical yeah. art form. I mean, have we read Psalm 150? I know we, have, yeah. we avoid that one because it's got dance in it, right? Yeah. And calling us to dance. But I've, I've seen some beautiful uh, liturgical dance mm-hmm. that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the novelty is what catches us at first mm-hmm. with the ribbons and the flowing dresses and, and that kind of thing. Um, it's it's kind of, it's not something we're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is interesting, as we got used to it, it then began to fade. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting because we don't see it a lot anymore, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think about that, Kevin. But No, yeah, I, I for me, it comes back to what Paul talks about in Corinthians, that when you're you need to do everything for the edification of the church and dance is almost, it's almost like another language. It's it fall. I would, I would put it into that category where Paul talks about tongues and translation, where it's almost something that a, a portion of your community isn't actually going to understand what is being expressed. And it's not that nothing is being expressed or communicated, but there's going to be probably a portion of your community that doesn't, doesn't understand what's being said. And so, as long as I, you know, as long as it, there's some sort of right. middleman yeah. who can say, "Here's the meaning. This is why we're doing this. This is what this means," and, and it can be used to build up the whole church. So I think it's fabulous. You almost have to prepare people. Say, "We're going to do something weird, and here, I don't want you to be shocked. This is what's going to happen, and it's got to." So then you set people up so they look for what you want them to see. That might be uh, a good a good suggestion. Well, we're almost out of time, guys. Um, I, I just uh, would love to see. Uh, churches just move back in that direction and just to think creatively about how to worship God uh, in in beauty with thoughtfulness in our preaching and in the way we sing and the the way that we design our buildings not tacky but just that sacred space uh, I think we can do a lot more in that area well we're out of time 15 minutes passes real fast uh, until next time I'm Bob McGregor I'm here with David Barker and Kevin Dean. Thanks for thinking about it with us.